The first year, we used Jerry's cars, Jerry Ross's. Yep. Second yep. year, he brought in the cars from the museum. Yep, Superior. Third uh, year was the Cabooses, was, or the, the remember when Lane Lindquist went out there? Yeah. And the fourth year was probably, the, which would have been... 85, 6, 7, 8, 8. You, the first year was 89 when we used the cars? Yeah. I got some pictures of those. I know. I was, I was down there for the... I was in the odd for the second, third, and fourth year. I remember that. For trains with my models. They were nice looking ladies too that you brought with. I wanted yeah. to thank you for those models. Yep. It was nice. You're very good. <laughs> <laughs> if you think this is going to be serious, you are really wrong. <laughs> Welcome back to the interview from the YML Link Podcast Network. Uh, today we have in studio, um, I don't think I'll be able to actually control the, the conversation, <laughs> but it'll be fun. Uh, we have some old friends, I think. Uh, Jerry Brown is back with us again, and he brought some, some, some colleagues, at least. <laughs> um, Neil Bogus, who I believe lives in the sunny part of the world. Is this true? Right outside of, side of Orlando. Oh, how nice for you. <coughs> Neil Bogus and then Jim Worry is with us, who still, I believe, is in Millbank, correct? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, so you <laughs> you got to say yes. yes. Nods don't show <laughs> Nodding is good, well, yes. Well, he said he was going to mute us, and I never <laughs> knew he went back to the air. <laughs> You're back on the air. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Um, How did you guys all meet? And I guess you can start... Well, I think I've known Jerry and his family forever, yeah. literally. And uh, Jim kind of brought, came along. Uh, well, go ahead. Explain how Jim got into it. Well, we had, uh, I knew uh, Neil. We were, grew up as kids together. And and then Neil left for a while, and he came back and got involved with starting Train Festival, or Train Fest. And Jim was moved in here from... Uh, Fergus Falls via North Dakota, uh, from North Dakota via Fergus Falls, and he's always been a great northern guy, so we keep every, keep uh, all the train brands uh, easy, and in, in 1989, when, when we uh, put the first two coaches in, in Millbank, that's when uh, we all got acquainted, reacquainted, and but you knew, because Jerry, you grew up in this in Millbank. You were born here, right? Yeah. And Jim, were you born in the area? Uh, I was born up in North Dakota, up oh, by okay. Fargo. Okay, so Canada, perfect. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, when did you come to Millbank? Uh, I am part of my family moved here in '78. Okay. Fascinating. I have this book, Hundred Years in Grant County, ends in '78. So you must have arrived, and then <laughs> yeah, say, oh, we're done. I think they shut the borders or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And then, Neil, you, how long have you been, or how did you begin in Millbank? I was born in Webster. My dad worked okay. for the railroad, so we moved around a lot when I was a kid. But I think we moved here in 1955. So I went all the way through school here, met Jerry's sister in school, and we went to school together. Well, I guess once once she got out of high, or, uh, country school, she yep. came into town. So at the time, you know, there was country school kids, right, and there right. was in-town school kids, and they didn't fraternize well. Oh, no. <laughs> well, no, you didn't no, get no. to town that often. No. No, you really didn't. 
Friday night was a big night. Yeah. So you said you come back together in 80, 85 or 89 was when Train Festival. 89. 89. 89. Okay. Train Festival started, we think, in 85 or 86. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those two years. Do you have, like, do you guys know why it began? Was it just a celebration? It was, uh, it was the brainchild of Marie Halverson, and her husband was the senator here. Now, is he, is, are they related to Daryl Halverson, who is a local banker in town? I don't think so. Huh. I don't. Uh, that most of uh, Harold's family, except for his wife, is, uh, lives in Pier or Winter area, Myrtle okay. area, somewhere yep. up in there. Because Marie was originally from Burke. Yep. And I went to school with her son, Jim. I think he was one year ahead of me, or maybe two years. Was Jim He's a year ahead of me and two years ahead of you. Two years. So I'm sitting in, we owned the movie theater at the time here in Millbank and had my office right next door. And, Wait uh, a second, next door where? Uh, well, it would be next door. You know where the door to go in the theater is, mm-hmm. where the uh, beauty parlor is. Oh, okay. That was our oh, that office, was the office there, oh, yeah. Okay. And I remember it was, it was like it was, honestly, when you say yesterday, it really was. I was sitting in there. And Marie was one of those people who her enthusiasm for things, once she latched onto something, boy, she just came in and went for it. So she came in and and she said, Neil, I got this idea. And you're a railroad guy. What do you think of this? And she said, what if we do something called Train Fest? And I'm going to invite the head of the Federal Railroad Administration to come here and get everybody involved in it from pier and we'll see what what happens with this all over the united states and we're going to call it a salute to the railroads and will you help me on it i said sure i said i you know i've got a lot of time although i've got three little girls i said let's let's see what we can do with it so that's how it started from marie and it just bloomed from there and so were you involved from the beginning yes but then these guys were slackers, and they came in later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, in the beginning, there we didn't own our own equipment, and so the first couple of years, uh, uh, Jerry Ross was always v- was very much involved in it too, and Jerry was uh, a railroad guy, ex-Milwaukee road guy who owned passenger equipment, and also had, I think he was part owner, wasn't he, or something with the Sisset and Milbank yeah. Railroad at the time. Mm-hmm. And Jerry fell in love with the idea also. So um, we got together, and I would meet. I met with them very sparingly, and but they set up train rides, and they did all these things. And they, Jerry had purchased cars from the old Milwaukee Road, uh, Olympian Hiawatha, that went through here. And they were there, and she put out the advertising. And I think they, they decided they were going to run one or two trains to Corona, something like that. The demand was so heavy, they ran eight trains that first weekend to Corona on Saturday. And s- actually, they didn't run on Sunday. I think they ran on Friday and Saturday to start off with. So just, I mean, there was a, a big enough line that they had to keep going? Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> Every train sold out. How many, um, was it just from Millbank, or did people from all over come for that? It was all over. Really? Yeah. It was incredible. They even, <laughs> you know, she wrote a letter to the uh chief administrator of the federal railroad administration in washington dc he came what he he came all the way out here and attended the festivities and they didn't get to run the trains they didn't get the formal approval until about an hour before the train was to leave and of course they'd already sold all of the tickets but the the federal government agents whatever inspectors i guess they came in and they walked the track from here to 
uh, Corona looking for any defects or anything, gave him the okay, and the train went. And I believe the uh, chief uh, inspector or administrator actually rode one of the trains. I've got pictures. When Marie passed away, or before she passed away, she brought me the, all the scrapbooks that she had made. So I have all the original letters, oh, everything. Well, it, it is fantastic from the standpoint if if I don't open it up and start reading, because then once I do that, then I'm lost for the whole two or three days. <laughs> and my wife says, did you do anything? And I said, well, sure. yeah, I'm looking at this. But I kind of chronologized uh, most of it. I actually found videotape of the very first train that went out of here and i believe it was ksfy came up from sioux falls i have the video of it uh very cool they did a whole story on it but there was people from everywhere it was and it really it it started big and it stayed big all the way through so jim and jerry did you guys attend that 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 first few years no uh well i think my son rode with some my aunt and uncle one year Mm mm-hmm and I might be went up to the auditorium, looked at the model railroads and the arts in the park, but I really wasn't all that involved with it yet. I didn't think it pertained to me as such. And I was driving trucks, so what do you do with the railroad when you're driving truck? That's a competition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And then when uh, we decided to get the first cars in in 1989, uh, that's when uh, Neil corralled me one day. Wonder if I could help. Fix them up, and how did you how did you find the cars? I mean, what was the it was like eBay for car, for train cars back then? Uh, actually, the classified kind of, kind of <laughs> simple that way. I knew a gentleman by the name of Buzz Anderson, and he was the disposition op- officer for the Milwaukee Road. By then, okay. it was the Sioux Line, and so we went down and uh, I talked to him, and I said, "You got any old passenger cars to sell us?" And he said, "Oh, I'll come over here and I'll show you what I got." You know, this was. <laughs> Uh, Buzz the used trains car salesman yeah, yeah. and he sold them to us for a thousand dollars a piece and they weren't in very good shape as we all know on the insides but the outsides were pretty decent and then we got the Sioux line to bring them right here for no charge which the freight charges would have been that mm-hmm. much and I think eventually we bought three cars from him didn't we started with yeah. two and there's a story behind how we got a lot of these different cars. But, uh, Buzz, I'll give him, you know, one, guys, one person we must mention, and that is Marlon, uh, Marlon Fenner, because he was here, too. And he had a lot to do with the early days of the model re- model show down at the auditorium and all that with the trains and stuff like that. The Odd, yeah. just down Main Street. Down at the Odd, yeah. They had a full model, like, display? Yes. Oh, many. Yeah. They had a trade uh, trade booth or sales booth guys came in brought a lot of train cars in for sale and yeah i got pictures i'll send right, you but pictures. i mean but th- that's like model trains yeah yeah right. okay there were um i don't know eight to nine usually every year some years there were more mm-hmm. we had them all the way from end scale all the way up to garden scale um i can't think of his first name but mckernan Yep. Came out from Minneapolis. He was a hometown boy. He came out every year for the train show and brought his line L set and set it up and ran it. And it was just like a coming home for him. He, <laughs> that cool. was his time here. And as for that, um, first year, I just kind of walked around and looked at stuff. Second year being that they had some great northern cars there, I jumped on and rode. And... That year, I think, was the first year I brought my model train up, and I was in the odd with that for three or four years. 
And and when you say brought your model train, was this like the full towns and set? Yeah, it was a work in progress, but uh, I had a residential area. I had industrial. I, it was an L shape, mm-hmm. and I could run two trains at a time on it and a couple little switchers if I wanted to take a chance and try to have so many running at one time. <laughs> but, um, no, I had a fun time there. Uh, I know one time we basically just sat up in the uh, basketball floor area, but there were a couple years where we put people out in the hallways too. So we had a lot of people coming in and out. We had some sellers in there. Um, What was fun was when we got two or three of the, I'll call them the big boys, that go around to the big shows. Mm -hmm. They got a big van where they're, all their boards go into their modular. They can set them up in about a half hour and have two trains running on a, yeah, with about 80 feet of main line. So um, it was fun. And then you got to talk to all the people around there and ran it. And Did you have any interest like in, in actual trains, or were you just into the models at that time? Um, I, You could say growing up in North Dakota, we lived about 100 yards away from the railroad track. So I was always watching them and stuff, and I'd go down to the, the quote, engine yard where the GP9 was sitting there waiting for a run and things like that. And I got kind of interested in it right then. Mm-hmm. I'd go out to about a quarter mile south of town. We had a big Y there where the uh, Surrey cut- cutoff was for Great Northern. And that was a straight shot from Fargo to Surrey, North Dakota, Minot. And it took a lot of time off. Great big tower there. I befriended the tower operator, and he let me help him throw the switches and stuff. And sometimes I'd hold up orders and have a train come by me doing about 50. When you're about five feet away from the track, it gets a little nerve-wracking. But it was fun for a guy. I'd ride my bike out there and do that. And that was when I was about 10 or 12. Wow. And so it was fun. Got into it that way and then got into the models basically because I had a set of twins born in 76, and that's when the um, Spirit of 76 trains were coming out, and I picked one of those up and started playing with it with the boys and stuff like that. Do you and still have I still have that trains train. running, or do you just have the, the gear? Uh, I just got it. Uh, a while back, I decided I was going to go bigger and better, and I packed my stuff into a box, and then we got the big cars. And I hate to say it, I have had my a few of my models out running them at home at Christmas time, but other than that, they're just packed away waiting for a day, which is soon coming where I'm going to get my layout done or at least start it good. Huh? That might require some a little video documentary for that. Come on uh, now, could be. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll One see. of the things we learned real fast was uh, when you have an auditorium that you want people to go into and we had uh, quite a few sellers that wanted to come in obviously well if you just have sellers Mm -hmm. they walk through real fast and don't buy anything but if you stop and And you watch a whole system and they see it you know seeing something is you want something and i think that worked out really really well because it it, towards uh, the oh gosh from what i would say throughout the 1990s the, the the model show was just incredible. Yeah. Cal Stengel put some really fantastic things. 
and there were modelers coming from all over and there were sellers it got to the point where i, I know I've, the hallway the aisles weren't much wider than this we packed so many people into wow. the odd and we got to the point where you moved it out to the high school for one year he really? did yeah. But yeah. now for one year just be, and I then think it ended it or one, it just only it only one needed or two years, that. one or two years yeah. We, yeah. we got outgrew the little odd downtown. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. We moved it back because we did find out that it was a long ways to go out there. Mm -hmm. And it was it just worked out better yeah. for the Millbank merchants to have there everything was still on Main Street. Like Main Street vendors and you had behind the courthouse in that park mm -hmm. there were stuff. Yes. Arts in the park was mm -hmm. all there, correct? Yep. 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 So what the stuff out at Farley, was that strictly to get on the train and do the train ride? Well, we started loading downtown right on the main street. That's where it all started, and it stayed there for many years. I don't know what well, year three we... three or four years. So that little spur that pulled into to Farley that's now gone, that was just, that got laid in there just for, for, for a train fest. Yes. Yeah, that was put in by a lot of sweat from... <laughs> us here <laughs> and i gotta mention our wives too and yep. some oh, yeah. friends um, our, our sons we yeah, all, we had uh, us uh, jim has twin boys that are and my sons tim is the same age and we had uh, the engineer john gross's son was also the same age and they helped us a whole lot out there and they were servers on the train too Oh, cool. Because yeah. we did we did uh, dinner on Full the train. Meal, really. Pizza trains, you name it. We did everything out there. It was really yep. cool. Why did it end? I would say insurance cost so much that it got up there that uh, I run a tourist railroad in Florida right now. Oh, how about that? And the railroad <laughs> is requiring a $20 million policy, which is about $80,000 a year. And they operate all year. Well, come up here where the train operated a weekend. Uh -huh. What what did you say? The insurance got to $10,000 for the two-day, two, three days, something like that? Yeah, I think that's about what it was. What but did it have it to really cover? It really jumped. Uh, if somebody got hurt. It was all liability insurance. Yep. Liability. Did it ever get used? No. No. Not that I know of. Oh, man. Because there were a couple incidences, I think, but uh, little cuts or... Yeah. Things like that, mm -hmm. and everybody says, yeah. I'm pretty proud of the fact that we did carry so many people, and it went on for so many years that I don't remember very many people falling down the stairs or anything like that because when no. these guys were normally the conductors and stuff, and I would help too when, when time permitted, and we made sure that, of course, we'd done it so many times that we would, because um, we branched out into other trains like operating over in Montevideo mm -hmm. and helping them with the steam engines and stuff like that, but... We were pretty, I think, very, very safe, and and, yep. and uh, so, no, it didn't get used. Yep. But that's kind of a strange thing because across the United States, uh, there's a lot of tourist railroads right now, and they all suffered the same fate. I mean, insurance went from $5,000 mm -hmm. a year, in my case, to 80000 in a matter of months. My and word. you ask people why, and the insurance companies, well, it's a risk, it's a risk, it's a risk. Well, but there's not Is any Is it accidents. gouging at some level, you think? Is it what? Is it gouging? I have no comment on that. <laughs> yeah, but the biggest thing, the ones that own their own rail, they can do it cheaper mm. yeah. because it's their property. So but the rail that was used here, is that a, a commercial line? Yes. Yeah. And actually, when we started downtown, we had two railroads to contend with, so to speak. We had the... Burlington Northern, mm -hmm. and then the Sister and Southern, the 
Sisterton Millbank. That's right. I forgot about There was one uh, other. What was the first? Dakota Rail. Dakota Rail. They were the everything from Millbank up to to Sisseton. Yeah. So did so did they like pull back or they just <coughs> allotted gaps between their trains on those during that weekend? Um, BNSF when we were on the main street, we had a fairly good uh, working capacity with them, mm-hmm. and they would have a deal that they would kind of know where we were. And if we were, at the time we were loading or anything like that, they would hold the trains outside of town until we got everybody loaded and moving, okay. and then they come through. Um, and we kind of watched um, for when they were coming into town because if they had one coming into town that – and we were we stopped for them, so things worked out good that way. And this was when the dispatcher for the railroad was in Aberdeen. Once they moved everybody to Fort Worth, your you know your local control. Is it really up. dispatched from Texas right now? I think Fort Worth is yeah. still the place. I yeah, yep. I think that's where it's at. So there's nobody on the ground here other than the guys on the trains. Uh, other than the section crew, really, probably. A, I'm sure there's a signal maintainer, but uh, yeah. And one thing with railroading saying on the ground is not really a good thing to say at all. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah, believe me, that's no good. <laughs> yeah. Does Jerry, that mean this way? <laughs> yeah. Jerry knows about that. <laughs> Do tell, Jerry. Well, we had the Milwaukee Road Convention here one year. <laughs> and we had the cars loaded with people and heading out of the this was out of Lake Farley. Just heading out around the curve, I was easing it out around the curve, and all of a sudden there was a clunk. And I stopped quick, but we already had one set of wheels on the ground. So we got out, and most people detrained with their cameras. And we proceeded to get the frogs off the engine, the rerailing frogs, and set them up and back to... After a little while, we backed the train up, got it back on the rail, and put some Arkansas toothpicks in, I believe, to hold everything together and keep it the right gauge, and maybe 100 rolls of film, and later we were on the ro- uh, road again heading out of town, but everybody, so thought, everybody thought we planned it that way. So who has these uh, this documentation? I have it. Do you? Yep, I have. They made a whole movie about it. About it coming off the rails. Yep, yep, the whole thing. And well, I have a, I have a video. You Sharon was taking some video, and you can hear the clunk because the train is train just. Well, what happened? Did the rail just widen widened out? It's yep. spread. It's not, that's not good. <laughs> no, we, we had a pretty good curve coming in there to make everything fit. So, but yeah, it was funny. It just took off, and I remember standing down on the ground at that time, and after a while, everybody was working and. This one guy comes up to me and he said, now here's a study in humanity type deal. You see the guys working? Half of them used to work for the railroad and they were the guys fixing the rail. See the guys up on the cars pointing at different things? They were management. (laughs) (laughs) That's about right. (laughs) I am still in contact with the guys that brought the uh, national convention in. 
Yeah. And they still tell me to this day, Neil, that was one of the best conventions we ever had because something did happen that they got to film it. Otherwise, you know, the train worked it's perfect. Boring, yeah. Yeah. I said, yeah, so they, the, Jerry, they probably still think that we did it on purpose. I think they do. <laughs> yeah. Claim it. Just say you says did. he did. <laughs> yeah. So. I forgot that you were the engineer. Oh, I was, yeah. So for those listening, uh, Jerry is actually in <laughs> in his engineering garb, yeah? No, no. With hat and everything? Trainman. Oh, oh uh, hey, trainman. Ha- wow. Yeah. Yeah. I fit over that. But that's, a, that's an original Milwaukee trainman cap. Wow. I bought that down the uh, railroad dealer in Brandon, I believe it was. Hold it up to the microphone so the people yeah. can see, can you it. see it. Here. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's right there, yep. I will try... To uh, That's to put an image in the the notes to this show online. That was probably uh, in uh, what was that close from the thirties. Yeah, I would say so, thirties or forties. Something. I like don't that. remember. I think it's got the SP on the. Oh, if it yeah, instead of the all the way out. Yeah, and that hat is actually younger than Jerry is. <laughs> oh come on now. <laughs> say that but come on get your face in there too there it is perfect that's awesome that's got the yeah uh, chicago milwaukee st paul and pacific okay so that puts it after 1920 anyway or something like that yeah you know one thing how how, once these guys got involved uh, we we kind of left the impression that we went and bought these passenger cars and they just came out here and they were ready to roll. They were not. They were uh, maintenance of way cars that had, I mean, they were passenger cars, but had con- been converted into maintenance of way cars. And so we have uh, obtained the complete history of the cars, the builders, plates, and papers, and all that, and literally went in there and we would make announcements on the radio station, folks, on Saturday, we're gonna be working on the cars, please come out and help us. Did Did the community come out? Yeah, not too bad, but yeah. most of the time it was the three of us. <laughs> That's how Jim and Jerry yeah. got involved. Well, yeah. <laughs> Bill tosses in. Um, As we got closer to the, the train festival, yes, but five months out, it's kind of hard for people to mm-hmm. grasp it. But we Now, the first time, though, when we got the first two cars, uh, we had a lot of people out did. there because they were basically used by the uh, bridge and building maintenance people. And... They were set up for people to live in forever yeah. and a day, and the one had a great big boiler, great big water uh, containers and stuff in there. So we had a lot of people helping us just gut them. Mm-hmm. And we actually had to take torches in there to get rid of the big furnaces and the water tanks. How and many showers was in that one car? It was 11, 11 showers? 11 or 12. Yeah. And then we had that many beds. Uh, the office was a little cleaner, but they had a whole bunch of paper stuff and uh, just to go through that to see, man, should we keep this, that? And then we found some torpedoes and things like that that we decided we better get rid of and fl- fusies and stuff. And But um, we went and cleaned everything out, and everybody really helped good there. And some of the windows... Now, I think all we had to do was take plates off on some of the windows and stuff. I think they had a fake ceiling in them, though, didn't they, that we had yeah, to take the, the one, ceiling out? Yeah, one had a ceiling yeah. that mm-hmm. was down. Well, the one had the air conditioning up in there. That's right. That's right. So we couldn't do much with that. Jim was, I guess, exploring one day and went up 
in what they called the, uh, what did you call that way up there? Clest- uh, Claire Story. Claire Story. And found the original, uh, we believe the original stained glass windows in there. Yep. And they were buried uh, in insulation, weren't they? Horsehair insulation. We had horsehair insulation in there. And they were up there. And the two cars, the one that we had in the Sioux colors, the the reddish brown, that was built in 1911. And the one that we started out in Milwaukee colors was 1913. So they were quite old. So those were the, uh, they. I'm sure that that was the original because we have the blueprints and it showed them up in there. So And the blueprints were just with them? They no. just happened to be, no. or, or they came when you bought them? No, I had to write to the uh, Sioux Line Historical Society, and yeah. they had all this information. Mm-hmm. And on some of them, they had original pictures of them. Uh, the one right. that we used as a dining car was a first-class car, uh-huh. and it has how much they paid for it. So if you can imagine in 1911 when they bought them, and a, and a train car cost $26,000, that was a lot of money back then. And what was mm-hmm. what was behind? Was that mahogany behind some of that? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was on uh, the main wood in there was mahogany and walnut. What year? Ninth. Like, well, w- would they have been made? Nineteen thirteen uh, or so, something like that. Nineteen eleven, nineteen thirteen. So, but yeah, we got blueprints, and on the dining car, we have about four different renditions of it because they changed it every once in a while. And it went to different seating and stuff. But one thing with that dining car, they always serve food one way or another in there. So when we got it, we we started serving food out of there also. <laughs> mm-hmm. 1912, $26,000 mm-hmm. in today's money? Yes. You're looking. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, 150000 $646,000. My word. Well, I guess they they shouldn't have chopped it up. <laughs> well, that wow. one that one isn't chopped up. Oh no, that's right. That's, that's right. one down. Oh, that's the, another that's, story. In it. That's, that's right. a prairie village. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. So, we did everything. You, we had train robbers. Uh, <laughs> remember? I've heard uh, that. I've met a few people yeah. that played that role. There was one year, and I don't remember if it was the second year or third. Anyway, were you guys on the train? When the the robbers rode the train by riding uh, the little horses with the horse head with the stick on. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a hobby yeah, horse. They, hobby horse. No, yes. I miss that. Yes, that, they, one year they did it. That was it. Well, what, regular that, one or was that a spare train ride? Must be the. I might have been a spare. Okay, but uh, that'd be better than holding <laughs> the horses for the robbers when they were on the train. Yeah, yeah. we well, had I, people who just showed up as hobos. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, Marie Halverson's husband. Uh, Harold uh, uh, showed came started ro- came riding the trains and all that. Yeah, here's a picture of him, and uh, he built a little hobo camp right down by the train station. There, he was a wonderful guy. We had a lot of fun with him. Yeah, yeah. He and he just like made camp out there beside the tracks. Yep. Yeah. Did he jump on the train ever, or he was just oh, yeah. waving well, a couple by times? Yeah. yeah. But uh, the only thing, if he ever wanted a hot dog, he had them grilling. <laughs> yep. He'd share. <laughs> They'd get on the train, and if it was a dinner train, they'd walk up and steal your chicken leg. You know, stuff like that. We had a ball. That's fantastic. It was fun. And People I bet loved the, it. The community just—that was the best thing ever. That weekend was; those weekends were just incredible because yep. they had the arts in the park. Mm-hmm. They had a car show, uh, the train rides, the model train show down here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people were there, but uh, 
lots and lots and lots. I think I think we estimated what five to ten thousand people every weekend or something like yeah. that. Yeah, there were quite a few, and I think over the course of the year we had like about twenty eight states represented. Th- they came stuff. like they traveled for this. Event. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. One we had one uh, foreign exchange student. Yes. And she was on there, on the ra- on it, and they had made arrangements, and the robbers came and kidnapped her and her uh, American sister off the train and took them back to their camp and stuff. And when she got off the train and went on a horse ride then and got back to the camp, she called her folks up and said that, she had fun. Oh, she no. was just riding a train, and she got kidnapped off of it by robbers. And <laughs> the the story got back, and I'm sure it was blowing up a little, but they said the dad was ready to buy a ticket and come back oh, and get man. his daughter. <laughs> they would take us off, as the conductors, they would take us off the train and out into the field and uh, pretend to scalp us and all kinds of neat stuff. Yeah. They had a cannon. Remember the year they had the cannon out there, and they <laughs> shot the cannon off? Well, I thought that was a good guy's warning the <laughs> robbers off. I don't. It was loud, sudden, whatever was it was. How, how much of it was really planned? Like you guys knew at this point so this is going to happen, or was it kind of a a fluid? We we situation? knew about where the robbery would take place, mm-hmm. and that was it. What, was that the goal to make it feel as authentic well, yeah. as possible? Yeah. yeah, And I know a couple times with that, the robbers were late, and the train had just stopped <laughs> and everybody oh this must be the place oh, no. <laughs> and when we were doing oh six to ten train rides a day i mean they robbed them all so they barely yeah. had time to get back get back hidden and the yeah. train would be back again yeah because how, how long was the ride because it went from millbank to well the we corona corona trips were three hours long yeah yep. but in between that we had another train we had uh you guys ran two trains years, we had two engines so we take a couple coaches to to uh, Corona. Uh, I think the three coach, the main coaches, we t- we had the big stone cabooses we took out on separate rides for a couple of years. And when when they were when the train was gone to Corona, we'd run these uh, shorter trains out about three or four miles and back and They're just yeah. straight up and back. Yep. Yeah. Out okay. to the robbery site, and then we got scared and came back home. <laughs> um, yeah, we Excellent. couldn't make it. You know, over the years, the number of people that jumped in to help us. Uh, this one year, um, we didn't have any passenger cars. We had, well, I think we had two cabooses, or did, was there just one? And we had a flat car. And so I don't know exactly, remember, if we put it out on the radio or whatever, but uh, Lane Lindquist, who teaches school here now, he went and got a bunch of kids, and he said, don't worry about it. Tell me what you want. We kind of drew him a picture. And you know what? What did it take them? About three hours, and they had that flat car ready to go, and they built a uh, fence all the way around it, steps up there and everything, put a bunch of folding chairs on it, and that was our coach that year. Wow. Yep. That was year three, I think. I yeah. think you were right. Yeah. And did we do that two years in a row, or was it just one? Just I one. cannot remember. I think we were worried about the – Insurance, insurance part, part of it more than anything on that. Just yeah. loose chairs sitting on an yeah. open car. Yeah, <laughs> how but fast? We had people that wanted to go though. Yeah, yeah. They so were, they were full. People too. also deliberately jump out of airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how long? Um, 
so that was a was it a Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of situation every every summer? Eventually, yeah. we went to Sandy's too. Yeah. Oh, so it was I, just two days to begin with. I Friday think the evening, first wasn't it? The first couple, I think they were even Thursday though, weren't they? You know, you That's might remember they, they were we Sunday. Only had they were, one a they day, were Thursday, though. Friday, and Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Or Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first group. Yeah. So. That's when they had to add trains and add trains and add trains to to keep it going. Yeah. And Jerry's. Um, None of us were the conductors on the early on the first weekend, uh, the fir- very first train festival, because Jerry's, uh, the gal that worked for him, I think her name was Robin. I can't yep, remember her last Robin. name. Robin. Robin, uh, she did a fantastic yep. job. They did. We we've had a lot of fun doing this. Were these all diesel engines? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 We started out with some. I think they were F sevens. The mm-hmm. what charging buffalo or something like that. Yep. And then we went to some seventy tonners, and then we had our um, SW twelves, and then we got Herbie. Yep. And Herbie was a forty five tonner chain drive. No, he wasn't chain drive though. No. No, he was gears. Yeah. But he had the side rods on. He him. had the side rods on. You heard him, us so. talking. We had a, a locomotive here. Uh, the, well, the one that Jerry has on the picture here. And uh, that locomotive was a U.S. Army-built locomotive that was given to the Watertown Historical Society and sat over in Watertown and just was basically rotting away. So they donated it to us, and Wendland's brought it over for us, and we set it on the track and got it all. It had been basically mothballed, hadn't it? Yeah. And so we painted in the old Milwaukee Road colors. I'll tell you how I arrived at that number because that 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 played into something that happened later. Is it nine ninety two on the picture? Is mm-hmm. that right? Nine ninety two, yeah. Okay. Well, I remember, you know, I didn't know anything about how the Milwaukee Road numbered their locomotives or anything, but the uh, number for the uh, diesel here, what was the original number on that? Was it? It was a not. It was a six. 621 621 621 so we were horsing around but well what what number we because we didn't i didn't even have anything other than you know the stencils for the 621 so the reason it got numbered that is the two was one way and we turned the two sixes (laughs) over so all of a sudden it became 992 during the milwaukee road convention we were here and i was one of the speakers and i was they asked me how did we got that and i told them and lo and behold, the Milwaukee Road, when they bought a locomotive almost similar to this, was number 992. Are you kidding? No, you can't make s- weird stuff up like that. That's, wow. <laughs> now, where is that engine now? Unfortunately, uh, after I moved to Florida, I, I bought the locomotive from the railroad or the Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. moved it down to Florida, and it, uh, uh, it has been abused over the years, and it is currently sitting in a rail yard in Arkansas has to be trucked in, trucked out, and they've used it for uh, for parts. So it's kind of a sad ending oh. to it. This is Herbie. Okay, guys, tell them how, how we got Herbie's fun. name. You named him. Jim's going, uh-oh. Yeah. Which, which story am I going to tell this time? Huh? Yeah, which one? <laughs> uh, you know what? I found, I found the paper about two hours ago that had that story in there. And you attributed it to the guy that did the sandblasting in the painting. Oh, did I really? Yeah, because he thought it looked like Herbie from Lovebug Herbie. That's and right. Stuff. And I thought you had over the years. I thought you had named it, but that, that's. I thought that's, we had too, but yeah. you said in the paper that this other guy came up with it. 
I, I, I remember it differently too. I now, you know, well, newspapers misquote you sometimes. Yeah. Um, I remembered you did that. We were talking about how small it was compared to the big engines, and that you said something to me about, oh yeah, look how small it is. Hey, it kind of looks like Herbie from the uh, Love Bug movies, yep. and and we just started calling it that, and it just stuck. So. When I got the locomotive to Florida, uh, where it says 992, I left that, but I, I did, we did paint Herbie on it. Oh, cool. And Herbie is an interesting locomotive because it did become part of the community, even in Mount Dora, Florida. So I would have people, when we would take it out of service, which mm -hmm. you have to do every once in a while to, you know, to maintain it and all that, people would come up to me and they would say, is Herbie sick today? <laughs> I noticed he isn't on the train. And I, you know what, I pretty soon I'm like, yeah, he's he'll get better and he'll be back tomorrow and to this day people will come up and say where they don't ask me about the locomotive it's always yeah, where's herbie? herbie and then when i tell them sitting in the weeds in arkansas they'll oh i'm so sorry and you say you know for a mere so much money we can get it back out of there <laughs> yeah. yeah that's about right the yeah. thing is herbie's original little whistle was just a like a little pipe wind whistle and it's like when you listen to thomas the tank engine uh -huh. you got that peep peep yep yeah, that's about what his sounded like. It was. You guys help me out on this. And I I was wrong, Jim. You named Herbie. We had the uh, locomotive over here in the Sisseton and Millbank shops, and we struggled getting it started. I mean, we it hadn't run for probably 30 years. This is when Ooh. you just acquired it? Yeah, we were ready to go. I mean, it, mm -hmm. and we couldn't keep it running and all that. And there was somebody that lived around the area, remember? I don't remember his name, if you do, who came up to us and said, I used to work on these when I was in the Army, if I remember right. He was up visiting relatives. You're right. And I could, I to this day, I don't know if, I don't remember the guy's name, but he said, do you mind if I help? And he was there for the next two, three days, I think. Did and, he get it running? Oh, yeah, oh. he had that sucker purring. Wow. It was just great. And basically, all that was wrong with it was just out of sync with everything. And I, yep. but I, I forget his. I'm sure somewhere yeah. we wrote it down in the papers and or something. It's one of those deals. He went through. He used to do them. So he, in his mind, mm -hmm. he had. I got to do this, this, yep. this, this. Ah, there, type deal. And I think it was a loose wire. And then he had to uh, do a little bit of adjustments. Yep. And oh, that thing just purred. I remember when when we had uh, the when the dining car that we we got, and you and I and Jerry headed up to uh, Hankinson, North Dakota, to see it up there. You went with us, didn't you? Yeah, well, I know uh, we went to Rolog to look at a car. We went over there, but I have the film of us going up to Hankinson too. Could be. And uh, we we went in. The the car was open. We opened it up and we walked in there. Wasn't there a guy sleeping in that car? And I've never seen you and me. And I thought Jerry run as fast as two three people could run out <laughs> yeah. of a car. Is that, is yeah. that kind of right? Yep. He was a he was an actual bum. Yeah. And this is just after we had bought it, and we went up there to check it and put our lock on it, because uh, we bought it from there. And the guys that were living in it, they moved to a hotel, and they were happy that we had bought their car so that they could get into a better situation for sleeping. <laughs> Well, we walked in there, and there's this guy there, and we woke him up, and when he found out we were the owners, he was real apologetic with us, and I said, well, we're getting ready to send this thing to Minneapolis so we can get it to Millbank, and then he 
told us that while you know when private cars are moved, the railroad insists on having somebody ride in it to make sure everything works right. Well, and we politely told them, well, if that is true, that you got three guys here that would volunteer for that job. Oh, so <laughs> he grabbed his stuff and got out of there, and we put our lock on it. Well, by the time we got it, our lock was no longer on it, and the one stained glass window that was in the bathroom had been replaced with regular glass. And But we got her back in one piece. Yep. Really? So do you think that guy came back and removed some things? Uh, No, I don't think he, he removed anything. Hmm. But I think somewhere in the yard in Minneapolis, they got a lot of people going around, and they probably did have somebody go in there and spend wow. a night or things like that. And I got a picture of it with the stained glass window in it, and I got a picture of it with a deal. Without it's not, but yeah, I don't yeah, know. What can you do? It's not like you can yeah, get it. At least uh, they did it. Nothing was damaged, and hey, it was good. Really, we we lucked out because we were at a time you would not get the service out of the railroads that we got. If you remember that car, when it they always wanted to haul it at the end of the train because it's a hundred years old. Well, what happened was they, they took the car and they put it right behind the locomotive and then they put how many? 50 freight cars behind it. Yeah. So on its way to a Minneapolis, there's what's called a draw bar, which is hooks to the coupler and all that, and it broke. Yep. And there the car sitting stranded. Now, we own the car, <laughs> but it's not anywhere near Millbank as the crow, as the crow fly it is. And I think I kind of wrote it off. I said, "Well, we're going to you know we can't afford to fix it. We're just a historical society." And by golly, if the uh, Mr. Anderson took the car to their shops and they fixed that drawbar on it and uh, delivered to us, now you got a situation where the federal government's got to come in and inspect it. And we're I remember that day because I'm thinking, "We'll just talk real fast and kind of draw their attention away." Unfortunately, we got a guy who had to crawl underneath the car and look at it and all that. And he gets out and he looked at me and he says, well, I'll tell you what, I don't know when this broke, but whoever fixed it did one heck of a job. It's better than the end that wasn't wow. broke. Yeah. yeah. That's how much, I mean, I think the cooperation we got, yeah. I never felt any blockage anywhere. Did you? No, not from the Sioux line. Not at no. all. No. And even BN bringing it out. And stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And basically with that, it was written right on the train orders tow it and a car yeah and they didn't so i think a couple of people got in trouble for that but they had to repair it because they damaged our equipment plain and simple well that's what what, what i was wondering are they since they hooked it into their system do are they then liable for it yes yeah they, they were did. that worked out yep they did but wow. we didn't know it at the time <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure we'd already sold the seats the first meals on the train were so interested. They were catered meals. I was going to say, was there a cooking facility, or was this strictly a dining, like a like a dining room car? It was a dining car, but we had some places that we could, like a pantry type thing. Mm-hmm. You're saying you you couldn't cook on there, but uh, Mary and Sharon they handled that so fantastic. Uh, we had put a bar. Was that your bar? We put her. Where did that bar come? That bar. We, all of us donated furniture that we had in our house right. to put into the train. That bar came from the Dakota Bank. 
Really? It was down in their uh, community room. Yeah. Remember how the banks would send people over to help us? That's right. Yep. And did they invest at all? In time. Yep. In time. And and they would send tellers out to us uh, if they had a slow day. I, I think that we saw almost everybody from all, all the banks that were in yeah. town. When you considered we had at least 80 windows in three cars and uh, 28 in another car, uh, they came down and cleaned windows for us. Wow. There was a, it was a community-wide thing. They really did help a lot. Yeah. Now, were you three involved with it all the way till the end? Uh, no, I left in uh, 99, and I can honestly tell you what happened in 99 now, is that in January, I was out scraping my windshield off of my car, and it took me 20 minutes to scrape it off and five minutes to drive to work. <laughs> and I walked back in the house, <laughs> and I told my wife, I said, you know what, I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. And so uh, we sold everything and moved to Orlando, and I went to work for Disney World three years. Doing what? So, uh, I was a Jungle Cruise skipper. Really? <laughs> yeah. Cool. And, and then I went to as a fake doctor at uh, Epcot, and then I ended up doing marketing for them in uh, hot, what was then MGM Disney Studios or whatever they called it. So I loved it. It was a great job. Wow. But the railroads called me back again. So. And so now that you're retired. I'm technically? still uh, well. I'm still technically. I am still okay. consulting for for uh, tourist railroads and things. Oh. Enjoy it. He's not retired yet. Yeah, he is. Oh, did he? Did you retire now? Yeah. Well, cool. I am unemployed. Okay. <laughs> Happily, right. I'm starting a new railroad in Tavares, Florida. So <laughs> What's uh, mileage rate for commuters? <laughs> a free train ride. You used to do it just for free train rides. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I still might. <laughs> we had a lot of really great times. Uh, there was a lot of stress that last oh, week yeah. or two before. It was mm -hmm. stressful, uh, but we we always pulled it off. And sometimes what people didn't see behind the scenes probably was good. Uh, not that we put them in any safety danger or anything. Just you know, you just go, oh man, oh man. But well, we'll, we'll get her done. The first year we had uh, the built the the train cars, two train cars. We were pushing cars into position to load people, and I was still sweeping out the cars. Yep. And it was just <laughs> sawdust yeah. and stuff flying out yeah. the door as yeah. we pushed them into place. Tom Stoick yeah. was still painting the black on the wheels. Yeah. Spray painting as we pulled out to go get the people. <laughs> well, th when we took that first trip with uh, the people going out from where we were sitting by the mercantile, he was up high and did the final spray right. paint there. And Neil was sitting in there with a big Band-Aid on his finger. <laughs> Don't trust him for christening anything. Had a oh, bottle of champagne, right. and he cracked it over <laughs> the uh, coupler. Looks down and says, ow, blood. And he starts to turn white. <laughs> <laughs> Piece of glass caught him. Yeah, That was funny. <laughs> but you know what? I'm really proud of you guys. And back to something else here again. In all those years, the train, other than coming out of the siding there, we never derailed a single train going to Corona, Peaver, or nope. wherever we went. One year we went to Wilmot. Yep. I remember that. Yep. Never derailed a train. we got to give the credit to the Sisseton and Millbank crank crews. Everybody took care because they, they loved that little train. I, I always compared yep. it to Petticoat Junction, that it was a community train. And uh, we had no lawsuits against us or anything like that that I can remember. So what, I mean, what happened? 
why did the the thing end? Was it really just a dollars issue? I think it was just think it was, Yeah, no. I, I think that's what it came down to. And in the long run, it was one of those deals. I don't think we fought it too much because we were getting to the end of it was still fun. Mm-hmm. Love to do it. I mean, it was the – my wife and I joked that uh, that was our summer home because yeah. we were out there weekends, nights, just doing little things, working it, uh, going through different groves of stuff that people had given us and things like this and working with everything that we found, giving tours. So it was great fun, but it was getting to the point that we were wondering, okay, now what year is it going to end? And when this came up, and it was okay. And basically, the politics that was involved with it kind of got me because we really didn't find out about it until after the cars were put out for sale. And we did a little talking, or I did a little talking and wondering what was going on with a couple different people. And I had my opinion on what should happen to them that didn't happen with everything. And then we were going to have the buildings out there. And then all of a sudden the buildings weren't going to be out there. And one got dozed and... The other one got rescued, but it was just one of those deals. Mm-hmm. In a way, I was glad that it went, and it wasn't the, there were about seven of us that at the end were pretty much core, and we get help every once in a while, but I think other people were getting burnt out too, and it was not us walking away from it, the other people took it away from us and jim when was the last year it ran um i think it was 2006 2006 or 7 well, yeah. i know i moved here in 2008 from oregon and it was gone by it, then yeah that was i, yeah. I want to say that was the first i came up for second. the 20th anniversary i remember 20th that. and then i think we went two more years was it two more years two more years I, I think another thing that contributed to is that the cost of maintaining the railroad track all year round mm-hmm. to operate two or three days that's very expensive right yeah and the railroad said you know I, I, we're not making any money i i i know this because i face this in florida all the time where the, the railroad will come back to me and say well you know we don't make any money at this and, and you're thinking to yourself well, i'm paying you eighty thousand dollars a year and you're not right. making any money <laughs> but then when when they have to fix a broken rail mm-hmm. or put in some a railroad tie is a hundred dollars to put it into really? the track right now, and then that's not even a really good tie. When you start adding that all up, it it just comes to that. The second thing is another thing, and I'm going to give both these guys a lot of credit on this. This happens in uh, uh, the vast majority of museums. The people age who are doing it, and it's very difficult to find somebody in their 30s because they're they're raising their family at that time. 
Now the three of us all got divorced, which was nice <laughs> to make, you know. <laughs> yeah, it seems like my wife's <laughs> going to be upset if she ever hears that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she says, oh, maybe I should be. Uh, well, I thought everybody was looking so gloomy there. I thought I better say something. Uh, we ran a family business here with the train, and, and make no bones about it, it was a business. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the money thing was the toughest, and what you put on there, Jim. Jerry, would you agree? Oh yeah, it was. Uh, we were just getting older, burnt out. Our kids weren't interested anymore, uh, and that they were a great help when we got started. In the heyday, when we had the most people running, and they got older, went to college, got married, got their own families, and it's another generation, and they weren't as. And the people that were helping us that would come out from the cities or Chisago or uh, other places, they got older and sold off their. You had people that would live in a cabin out in Big Stone City and they would sell their pack, you know, pack uh, things. My kids, when we left here, uh, while I was working at Disney, I was also working at a tourist railroad. And all three of my daughters worked through there too. But pretty soon they got married and that was, you know, dad. I love it, but mm-hmm. I got to take care of my family now. So I think that's where it was. Yep. Do you think going forward, is there an actual future in in a, a, a similar festival concept in a community the size of Milbank? Do you, do you think that, you know, because for 20-some years, it was the thing to do. And people that I talked to, I mean, that was, I mean, it's iconic to them. People that are my age now grew up with it. You, your generation, you know, it was cool. Everyone dressed up and kind of gotten period garb mm-hmm. and, and went there. Do you think there's a possibility to bring that kind of a thing back? Or do we need to forget, love it as history, and then move into something else? Can I say something before we go? Because I'm detached from the community now. Okay. I left here in 99. I would have said yes to your question had everything been left at Lake Farley. Mm. But to recreate that now... No, I don't There's think no so. way to do it. Jim, mm-hmm. what do you think? Yeah, it's hard, bad to say or hard, but I don't know if a guy can get it going the way we had it with just one weekend. I'm sitting here looking at a picture of Hill City, the mm-hmm. train that they have there. Uh, granted, they run a steam a lot, but they do diesel too. But they're in an area where... In a sense, there's a hundred other things to do. During the summer, they run every day, three, four times a day. And a family can go out there, spend a weekend and do a lot of things, and then go home and another bunch come in. Um, Millbank, with a train, the effort to do a train all the time, I don't know if it can be done done there's just no market is that what you're saying i think there's a market because there are a lot of places that Mm -hmm. have them uh but you got to have a few more workers to get going but like neil says to start it up all over again yeah that it just can't get done i don't think because train cars on the open market now um they they all have air conditioning on them and all that but you're talking twenty, thirty thousand to get one. 
yeah. and then it's not here. You've got to pay another ten grand to get it here. Yeah. So yeah. and stuff. And with that, like our cars, every year uh, we had to pull the brakes off, set them in to get them cleaned and get them back, have them retested. We had uh, a company from Wapiton, North Dakota, come down and test them for us on site, and there was that expense of doing the old cars new cars i don't know for sure if people would ride in them um and if we if you have a new car with no windows to open and the vestibules that are there it'd be hard for the robbers to come in and harass the people inside and all this and that um so it would be hard to say if you can get it going and keep it going it was unique for its time, and, and that's yep. what I think. It, it just fell together. Um, I, I start railroads all the time, and it's a two hundred dollars to $300,000 proposition. Yes, just open the door. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. And we did it on a shoestring and had fun doing it. And yep. Yeah. And every, every year from May till, well, from Memorial Day till train festival was over, that's that was our uh, hobby. Hmm. Yep. We would go to other train shows handing out flyers and things like that. You know, I, I don't want to end on a downer because there's, <laughs> I, I want to yep. end on some of the really cool mm -hmm. things that, that, that happened. But I, I, think, I think it was a, a unique situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I didn't mean to make it sound like Milbank shouldn't have taken the, the stuff out. It hurts when I drive Absolutely, out there because yeah. I'm only here twice a year and right. I drive out there and and I remember what it was like with mm -hmm. the signal I one of the things we did I think and I'll, I'll pat the three of us is we did it the right way when we knew there has to be a signal we went out and found us the signal stands to be out there uh, the same with the museum uh, the women's clubhouse was actually the museum and the Milwaukee Road well you tell history of the women's clubhouse or do you want me to yeah well that women's clubhouse was downtown and in the, the 30s and uh, 40s, that was the gathering place for the Milwaukee uh, what was it? The women's, women's Auxiliary yep. had their meetings there, and then they also rented it out for dance parties and dances. And I think I told you last week what my mom fell asleep on. Oh, yeah, on the coats. Uh, on yeah. the coats back of the, mm -hmm. of the stove when, uh, when Grandpa Scarp had for dances there. <laughs> and so it, it had a special meaning to me when we moved it out there and, and that was two carriage cars railroad cars donated by the railroad they got here and then the uh milwaukee men put them together and made a clubhouse for the women and and that was still going in 1979 but even by then the number of people working for the railroad mm -hmm. went from you know hundreds down right. to 10 and uh so from a personal standpoint, I think going out there and not seeing the clubhouse there and knowing it got crushed, because as a kid who grew up in Millbank with a dad who worked for the railroad right. and a grandfather and all my uncles and all that, uh, a part of me died mm -hmm. when, when that was yeah. gone. Uh, but I understand the you know how everything rots out and stuff like that. But that was a neat building for me. I did a lot of ham suppers there. Oh, man. <laughs> they were great. Well, I know, for me, I'm a, I'm a transplant, and I... I've been here, well, 10 years now, and it's been fun just to hear the stories of people from back then. And, you know, and I've been able to see online, there's some people that have put old videos up, and, you know, so you get to see some of the stuff that went on, and that is, it was the happening thing. 
and you know being kind of a one of the players trying to figure out how to make Main Street and how to get Millbank back and make it viable and you know kind of a, a longer vision. What do we do in our community to make Millbank uh, sustainable? Mm-hmm. I'm always intrigued to know that worked for a couple decades. What can we do? You know, I think you're right. It's not something we can duplicate again. But could we take pieces of that and maybe some of the methods you guys did and and create something that's maybe for 2018? You probably could, but it's going to fall to the next generation. Of, uh, the people like, uh, well, like Tim, if, he, if they want to do something. Uh, other people around the, uh, the kids, their kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tim's age or are, are, are younger are the ones that are going to have to do it this time around. Mm-hmm. They've got to have the vision, and uh, I hope they find it. If you, I, I think putting it in the context that you're talking about, um, I still do uh, charter trains and things like that where somebody, a, a community will rent the train from the company I represent, okay. and we'll bring it in and run it. Now, you're never going to get to run on the Burlington Northern Railway. That's not going to happen. But running on the Sisseton and Millbank Railroad, which is mm-hmm. now owned by the Twin Cities and Western Railroad, uh, X number of dollars will bring the track up, and you probably could run to Corona again. Don't have that X number of dollars, sure, yeah. but th- whatever it is, it might be a million dollars. You know, who knows mm-hmm. in that? What is it, six miles or eight miles or something like that yeah. to go to Corona? So I, don't, I never say it's not impossible. Uh, you're a very positive person or you wouldn't be here in Millbank and, and talking to all of us. And, and, uh, I still start these things up all the time. So I see the dreams and, yeah. and I still have the dream. It's just not full time anymore. <laughs> we did. So let's talk about what, what we, what really I'm proud of. Yeah. Well, well, one, one thing I'd like to get from you guys, okay. if you would, um, is that idea. I would love like the thing, like when you go back and you think of, what you guys did for the trains. If each of you could have one, like the thing that the first thing that always jumps into your head, this this thing we did was just fantastic. Terry Redland. Yep. That's got to be the best. Okay, let's have it. <laughs> Jim? Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Terry Redland. Um, we got contacted. Kind of a nobody painter. Around yeah. Here. Yep. We got contacted if we would host a birthday party on the train for him when and i don't know when that was it was his 60th birthday his 60th birthday and they didn't tell anybody where his bus was going and we had arranged they said you don't have to worry about it we're going to have the dinner catered and everything so we kind of got our crew to help serve but when the caterers came up and they wanted a place set up we said here you can go set them up here and stuff like that and they were thinking um that they were just going to be sitting there well we did and we said no we're going down the rail well how are we going to serve all this stuff and i said we got a group of people that know how to walk with full plates with food while we're moving and they won't spill a drop of anything. So we worked out. Uh, we had, what was it, about 40 people maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and we took off with our dinner. Uh, they had music along. Uh, they had somebody playing in the back. We had generators hooked up so that we could have the lights on and all this and that. They were going. Everything worked out just beautiful. All of a sudden, the robbers showed up, and then the excitement began. And Did they know that was part of the game? No, no. <laughs> they didn't know that was part of the game. We didn't have the whole crowd there, but we had a few guys there on horses and stuff, and they came in. Uh, I think all they did maybe was get an autograph for uh, not kidnapping them and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And then on the way back, they got to ride in the cab of the engine, him and his wife. And that was wild because I've never heard that horn blow so much in my life. <laughs> and we got back, no air conditioning. The guys there were just wonderful people. After dinner and stuff, they were watering the whole train car and getting in their little groups and talking and things like that. I kind of knew one of the guys and he hollered at me and I got into a conversation that I was wondering boy and it's just way all over my head because they were talking financing and stuff and all this we had a great time talking to everybody and just getting to know mm -hmm. all of quote Terry's friends and when we got back uh, my wife found out that she had to kind of as people were leaving they had their table napkins as headbands and stuff like that. <laughs> she was collecting all the uh, tablecloths and things like this because they were wearing them because they did have a wet bar there. Uh-oh. Yeah. When we got to the robbery site, I wish I'd had a camera because standing in the middle of the train track was this eight- or nine-year-old girl with a duster on, you know, a little cowboy duster and a hat and a mask and a uh, toy gun standing there making me stop the train. And it was like, gosh, I wish I could get a painting of that sometime with that. The littlest, ho uh, littlest train robber or something like that. <laughs> Where did the train take off from with Terry, like for, for that trip? From Lake Farley. Also, they came up here with all their people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They you guys right have a nice here. picture, don't you, from uh, Lake yeah. He signed and all that? Yep. yep. He signed it, and it was a picture of them on the end car on the caboose there, and everybody hanging off. We actually had um, some lanterns that were given to them, too, at that time. So It was a neat experience. That's yes, great. it was. Yeah. Two things I stand out for me. One was uh, Linda's down in the mall mm -hmm. here, uh, she brought all of her New York, were they buyers or sellers? Anyway, they had a, a meeting of, of the, a group of a bunch of uh, uh, people who own apparel stores mm -hmm. and brought out some people from New York who sold them the, the clothes and we did a train ride for them one night. And it was one of those chamber of commerce nights. You're riding the train and the sunset and, and the harvest is gorgeous and there's golds everywhere and there is greens. It looked like a Norman Rockwell picture. And we're driving along. I don't remember if you were the engineer or not. I don't think for that one I was. And there's deer running around and there's fox everywhere and pheasants flying. I mean, you couldn't ask anything better. And we get back to the station and this one lady came up to me and said, oh, I had such a good time. I do not, though, understand how you maintain such a wonderful zoo. <laughs> are you kidding me no 
No, she 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 asked me, uh, wow. well, how did we maintain the zoo? And I said, it wasn't. This is really this the is way nature. this is it. This is it. Wow. I think the highlight, two highlights for me, um, because I grew up in a Milwaukee Road family, having the national convention here, which still is going on, and it went on 30 years beforehand, mm-hmm. and having them, uh, even with the derailment, them telling me, oh, my gosh, that was so fantastic, uh, having your own people who you've known for all your life come up and say, you know, that was one of the best ones we've ever had and certainly the most memorable one. I think that that really meant a lot to me from that standpoint. And then I think the last highlight I can say was in 1998. What what did the train – we had to change it. Remember, we had to call it Train train Festival. festival. Uh, Because a – Instead of what? Train Fest. Train Fest? Was that trademarked by somebody? Somebody yes. back in Ohio oh, tra- uh, trademarked it and sent us a cease and desist letter. So we had to change the name of it. It's taken a long time to get over oh, man. changing names when you talk about but, it. Yeah. But we had built it up so much that in 1998, it was listed in as one of the top 50 events in the United States by the American Bus Association. And I've been involved in a ton of railroads since then and before then. That has never happened. Really? No. Think about it. The American Bus Association named this as one of the top 50 events in the United States, thanks to these guys. Wow. Yeah, but that was the year I think we had five bus tours come through town, mm-hmm. and we gave them rides. What What kind of um, marketing did, did you guys do to make that happen? It was called a uh, gum and string approach. <laughs> Well, <laughs> a lot of we didn't have much money. They so. came no. to us and asked us so if we charted. Word of mouth, they just heard yeah. about it, and yeah. And this one company set up. They said, "Well, we'll do three or four, mm-hmm. depending on the call for it." And people signed up for it. And then that's the year we had Redland too. Yep. And so we had five in that one year. Wow. What did you? What kind of uh, fee did you guys charge for that? Oh, it wasn't very much at all. No. It 10 w- 15 bucks a piece maybe something uh, like that was it more i thought it was like 25 or 30 it could have i uh for the meal mm-hmm. oh yeah they and had the ride. Food, yeah meal and ride does that cover cost at all well for or us it, it just did. kind of a yeah. <laughs> 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 um we had this theory that we were non-profit mm-hmm. and we weren't going to make a profit trying not to and things like this so because everything we made, we plowed back into it. Yeah, so we didn't take any salaries or anything yeah. like that. No. Well, Jerry just, and I did. I didn't know about this yeah. other guy. <laughs> but well, I think what our goal was, and I remember talking to some of the people with the Chamber of Commerce, and I said, what, what we will do is we're going to bring the people into Millbank. Now it's up mm, for you to figure right. out how to get them in your store. And, boy, they did. I mean, remember the little magazine that they made for many years? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen the magazine? No. Well, I'll oh. send you one of those because I say I, I don't throw anything oh, away. That, that would be fantastic. And it gave the history of the train fest and the cars, train festival. Festival. Yeah. And uh, that type of stuff. So. Yeah. And I think they even put coupons in there, too. They yeah. did. Okay. So. And was that an, an annual thing? Like that got made every year? Yep. Yeah. 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 See, see, part of me thinks that kind of. You know, that kind of cross-marketing could work. I mean, even without a train festival, per se. Let's start working together more. The Chamber's trying to get back to that a little bit this year. They 
Last year, you know, they split out mm-hmm. that weekend up in three different weekends, and it just didn't fly. Now, this year, they're back to one big weekend and see if they get the people in for the concert and the car show and the arts and the park and everything all at once. Yeah. And maybe that'll that'll happen But more. in the past, though, the draw was the train. Train started. Right? Yep. yep. But the arts and the park was fabulous. Remember, they, it was a juried event, and, and yep. everybody would dress in period costumes. And that was all when it was behind the courthouse, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then we had shuttles uh, that went from really? here to the train station. Yeah. Oh, cool. It was it was a tractor pulling a yeah. hay wagon. Sure. That was Twinbrooks, uh, not Twinbrooks, but it was no, the two-cylinder, two-cylinder club. club. Yeah, yep. they provided the tractors. Yep, yep. It was it was it was really fun. I I've got a lot of video. I, I'm a film nut, so I've filmed almost everything that ever happened. One year we even had a carnival here. Remember that we had a carnival out at the high school. Yep, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and that was all associated with the same weekend. It was all same part weekend. Of the Everything festival. was same weekend. We didn't plan it. They just somebody else decided that it'd be a good weekend to do it. So, yeah. yeah. I think what helped us too is I worked a lot of. Uh, uh, once they found out about it, then we would work on getting like the news director from the television station. We had him down here, who uh, did a whole story on us uh, on Fargo. And then they would show it like uh, Wednesday before the train festival. And, I mean, ticket sales would go right yeah. through the yeah. roof. It was hard to walk up and buy a ticket on trips to Corona. Really? The short trips weren't so bad because there was more of those. Mm-hmm. But a ticket to Corona, it, it – yeah. And yeah. Corona, we got That's got to tell what Corona used to do. Oh. I mean, it was their main thing too. They had because you'd stop there, people oh, would train and hang yep. out. Yeah, we'd stop for an hour so everybody could run down and get food. They had vendors, they had carnivals, they had a blacksmith out working there, and uh, there was a lot of stuff. That one year, they even had where you could shoot uh, muskets or That's right. black, black powder. powder. Mm-hmm. They that had was live happening music. on the other side. And that's where the cannon showed up was yep. that year because those guys brought the cannon and they shot it a couple times in town. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Corona the, was so fantastic, weren't they? Yeah, they yep. were, they really were. They really went out there and did a lot. Yep. Now, uh, uh, Fort Sisseton, they have a Fort Sisseton Days. Right. Was that on during that time as well? No. Oh, did it coincide no, that was that's totally the year. different. Okay, so that was yeah, they're in June. Okay, they? yeah, they're in June. What kind of helped us was we were going when Sturgis just got over, so we were having motorcyclists come the, through town, all the pass throughers, see what the town was full of stuff, and drive around. And we had a well, I want to say we had about twelve riders one day from Fargo that were coming back from Sturgis and just came up to see what it was. And they said, hey, let's go for a train ride. I mean, it was one of those deals. Mm-hmm. It was just the weekend was right for we, that. We had a couple guys that wound up helping us. They came back from Sturgis, stopped here to see what we had. Yep. And the next couple of years, oh, what, the next 10 years or better, they were Ten back. 10 years, they really? were back here. Back here every weekend to help. They were. Yep, they fell in love with the place. Wow. So the car show. I mean, the car yeah. show was incredible. It went up and down the entire Main Street. They had it on Main Street. Right, at that time. And then when we moved out to Farley, everything kind of got dragged out to Farley again. And well, why do you think that was? What do you mean? Well, I mean, why move everything off of Main Street? Since we were out at Farley, that maybe everybody else should be. Mm-hmm. And then 
we had the deal with the the concert came in and they figured that would get more people and yeah it did uh made a few of them kind of nervous when we were running a little bit late with the train and they had tickets for the the concert <laughs> but i don't know if people started staying home more or they finally got to the point where well we've been there four times but we had one what was it one family from up in the iron range they came every year yeah really and really. when we last saw them their their kids that were they were carrying were walking and stuff like that and it was just hmm. wonderful i mean they had a blast every year they came that's great so it was a remarkable time i think and uh, any remarkable event really it was a lot of fun well that's cool i uh, i i honestly didn't realize it was that i mean i i've heard so many stories about it but i didn't realize it was that big and that well known around the area yeah that's fascinating and one other thing that we really haven't told you and you might not know that uh with the restrictions in millbank at the time for wildlife animals in the town santa had a park out by farley and we brought him in on the train yes he did wow. and then they he would walk from Main Street crossing all the way down to the odd, and as he walked, all the kids would follow him behind him and the parents, and then they go into the odd for hot chocolate, goodies, and stuff like that, and a chance to sit on Santa's lap. Remember that there, huh. there was one year, I would say this was another Norman Rockwell year, that Jim was out and he put lights all over the locomotive and all over the car, and in came Santa, and just as he was getting in, it started to snow. Oh, and big it just, flakes. Yeah, yep, they were we just gorgeous. No wind just coming That's down. That's perfect. Probably, what, yeah. 35 degrees? It was yeah. just beautiful. Yeah. It was, uh, we, wow. we were very fortunate. I don't think we had very, the only weather we had bad was, for some reason, that weekend always seemed to be touching 100 degrees for yeah. Train Fest weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes the humidity was about that, too. Yeah. Yeah. We had Captain 11 here for a while. Yeah. Um, we, there was there was a lot of neat stuff that went on. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming in. We could go for days, but we probably should wrap this time. I do I, I do think if you game, I'd love to do a Skype, bring you in on Skype at another time. Sure. Um, and just go deeper. And I'd, I'd like your story a little more just with Milbank also. Okay. Same with you, Jim. Since you live here, I may have to have you come back because I kind of want to know <laughs> a little more about you. Uh, but this is awesome. I, I did not realize that the train here in Millbank was so prolific in those few decades. That's fantastic. Yeah. We had fun. Uh, one thing that I liked about the train here, it helped me and my family uh, know more people in town, mm -hmm. being an outsider coming in. But the part that I really liked was when we branched out and we got to go other places yeah. and do what we do here. There's a picture our first excursion with the 261. Oh, that's right. You guys used to go yeah. out. We we oh. go out on the steam engine with 261. Um, we went out uh, to Rapid City and Hill City area there. We rode the trains there. We got to know the people there. Well, and we're friends with the curator at the Railroad, State Railroad Museum in Hill City. Yeah. Yep. We, we know... We've gotten to know a lot of people, and then traveling around, we were down in Omaha 
uh, and rode 261 down there for a weekend, and it was just wonderful. I ended up on 261 and got to ride a little bit over a 1,000 miles on them in Minnesota, North Dakota, and Montana, and South Dakota. And without the start here, I probably would have never gotten into that. Thank you very much. We yeah, appreciate no. your interest. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like we may have left names out. We didn't leave anybody out on purpose because yeah. uh, obviously we didn't plan anything. We just sit here and chat about it. But uh, it was a, a neat time. I think that that will go down as a very pivotal time or, or at least memorable for hopefully generations as, you know, remember when that that used to be. And, you know, if we can bring any of that back and kind of revive some of it, I would love that. But Do you, you know, guys still have people coming up to you saying, I missed the train fest? and Yeah, people do that. Sometimes you see somebody from out of town that you knew was here and stuff. Um, yeah, it's been fun. I mean, it was a good long haul. Sad to see it go, but in a sense, it would, how it went was good as far as I was concerned. Uh, walked away with head up tall and mm -hmm. glad of our accomplishments and everybody that worked on it ended up being good friends and stuff like that, and except for a few of you off to my left. <laughs> but uh, we worked things out. I can't help it. You're left-handed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm the only one in my right mind, so we'll put it that. And I'll bring my guitar the next time. How's that? Please sound? do. Absolutely. <laughs> then they'll then and they'll be the first to tell you. And we're leaving. <laughs> and we're done. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Perfect. Well, thanks again, you guys. I really appreciate it. Um, Neil Bogus, Jerry Brown, and Jim Worry. Um, if you guys are ever in town again, at the same time, I guess that would mean if you're ever back, <laughs> Neil. Um, this would be fun. I would love to go back into some more and maybe touch on next time when you guys used to take the train out and okay. Minnesota and. I'd like or to tell you, you a little bit more about yeah. the the railroad history too. Oh well, and that that fascinates me because is Millbank not in this? I was, again, this is another day. Um, Millbank kind of became Millbank due to the train, correct? Yeah, Jeremiah Millbank was the president of the railroad. Well, there there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get any more than that. Well, thanks again, guys. I do really appreciate you coming in and being uh, <laughs> willing to to sit down and kind of go through the history of what actually happened and uh, how it all started with Train Fest and and what that turned into and how it was such a success for so many years. And, you know, there's always the downside and the the, the end of, of an era that tends to always have some, some negative. And it's sad a little bit. I don't think that's horrible, uh, but it is a reality. So I do thank you. Uh, hopefully we can take the things that were done in the past uh, around Train Festival and kind of implement them going forward and kind of make Millbank the place to come back to. That is one of the, the missions of why Millbank uh, is to tell the stories of, of Millbank and figure out what it was that made Millbank what it is today and uh, maybe take some of those things that we used to do and bring them back in and, and revitalize what Millbank is and actually make Millbank the place to be again. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Have a great day and do come back. This is the interview on the Why Millbank Podcast Network. Oh, oh boy! boy.